Hello, and welcome to episode 120 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of The Last Days of American Crime. In the not-so-distant future, the final response to terrorism and crime in the United States plans a secret broadcast, a signal making it impossible for anyone to knowingly commit unlawful acts. The media leaks this, however, about a week before the signal is to go live, and now Graham Brick is planning a huge heist a few days, and he must turn the crime of the century into the last crime in American history. The creative team on this comic is the writer is Rick Remender, the artist is Greg Tuccini, the letterer is Russ Wooten. It was published by, originally published by Radical uh, publishing in December of 2009. And this is your spoil alert for the comic, The Last Days of American Crime. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Noah, um, as we normally do, before we do a deep dive into the story here, why don't you give us your initial thoughts uh, on the comic? I thought it was really good, and it kind of plays into a couple other books we've done on this podcast as far as reviews go. Um, it, it kind of is sort of what maybe Electra Assassin should have been um, as from a story perspective. Um, and uh, I, I really like the overall tone and how it sticks to that tone throughout the whole book. It's definitely a downer of a book. I wouldn't say it's very happy until the end it, it but it makes i think the ending all the more uh, effective and uh, the and cathartic i guess when you get to the end because of just how awful everything and everyone is throughout the whole book um but it, it it's great uh i i really loved it and um i'm a huge rick Remender fan and i'm a huge rick Remender and greg Tocini fan when they get together so uh, yeah I, I, i'm gonna be uh, an outspoken fan of this book i think from here on out um, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so this was my second uh, read through it. Um, I would have read this originally when it came out. And uh, I think originally I was drawn to um, the, the concept, the, the, the signal, um, the, you know, there's a countdown basically for everybody to be able to, to commit these violent acts. Um, and then you know, then we have the, uh, the, 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 the heist story, but on the second read, I really enjoyed seeing how, um, it was, it was character driven and that the, the, the high concept, the, the sort of, you know, that elevator pitch that somebody would give you, you know, this is a, this is a crime story, um, you know, with the sci-fi element of a, a signal that's going to be broadcasting, not allowing you to do crime anymore um you know that would have been like oh that's cool i want to read that but on the second read through i really um i, I saw the characters um and you know we we have a lot of uh uh unlikable characters um yeah. which is which is probably also very similar to to electra assassin where we had a lot of unlikable characters um uh, there's certainly some characteristics of of people like uh, Graham, um, you know, his relationship with his mother. We can see that he's 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 a caring individual that way. But like, you know, he's he's still got a lot of flaws. He still does a lot of terrible things. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, you're sort of you, you know, he's 
the the protagonist here but you're still sort of not sure how you feel about him uh, you know it's not easy to be like you know that's superman like i can get behind that guy like right. he's you know he's doing everything the right way um so i really enjoyed the the character development and the 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 character story in the second read yeah it's interesting and one thing i was thinking about now flipping through the book everyone except for kevin starts out just as the worst person they could possibly be so we get we get introduced to graham at the beginning and he's burning a guy who betrayed him mm-hmm. and, uh, and his plan he's burning him alive and he's burning him slowly alive and uh like in a torturous way but then like it's almost interesting because remender doesn't write him just to continually like try to one-up that awful act like he writes him almost to flesh him out as like, okay, this is, this is why he did that. Obviously he talks about the plan. This is a huge score. And then you get his motivation as he goes along. You know, he wants to take care of his mother. He wants to make up for uh, guilt of his past. Um, he just wants a new life outside of what he has already. And so by the end, like I, it's interesting, like it didn't take me long to root for him. Um, and then same with Shelby, like she starts off basically using, uh, using uh, Graham, like lying to him mm-hmm. about who she is. And, and then, uh, you know, just yeah, like I said, using him. And then uh, we get introduced to Kevin, who just gets worse and worse as he goes along. Um, and I thought that was interesting uh, as far as like character arc structure goes. Yeah, that's interesting. And another thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about Graham, uh, uh, as Remender would be making his name in sort of indie comics as he goes to Marvel, one of the properties he's going to work on is Punisher, yeah. who is sort of like that uh, guy that we're rooting for, but it's still hard to root for. Yeah, Punisher's so that, not a good guy. So that's that's an interesting parallel to draw here. Um, you know, sometimes the the Punisher his his objective is like um, heroic, but the the means that he takes to to get there is not always um, heroic. So uh, thinking about um, thinking about how um, Remender would have wrote this book, and then when he goes to Marvel, one of the the first properties he gets is sort of the anti-hero. Um, that that's an interesting sort of parallel there. And thinking about it, that's sort of what he he starts out with Marvel doing most. Like he starts with Punisher, his Venom, even X Force. the The tone he set with X Force, which he worked on with Tocini as well, a little bit, and all his mm-hmm. other you know then frequent collaborators afterwards, but. He sort of had a uh, for a while, and he, he still continues to this day. But he still continues with the idea of starting off characters and putting them into morally compromising situations. Um, that seems to be something he likes to explore with his characters, and um, redemption's always a a theme in all of his books. And his books definitely get more hopeful as they go along. He talked about that in the forward for Low mm-hmm. with Tocini, is that he sort of felt like he was writing a lot of books that were very cynical, depressing, um, and he needed to write something a little more hopeful, and that's sort of what Lowe's all about, is uh, this hope um, with these characters. 
So, but yeah, it's uh, he does write. He always writes compelling characters. Yeah, and this this shows that. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about our introduction to to Graham, where he's sort of, uh, you know dealing with a problem he had like on a past job and he's uh you know he's pouring gasoline on this guy not gas uh, and diesel fuel. diesel because it, it burns yeah. slower um and then as he walks out um you know we do we do get a little bit more about the world and we sort of see the see the chaos um as everybody kind of knows that they have this uh this unofficial grace period to sort of get all their devious acts out um so i thought that was an interesting way to do it um and it was kind of a, a way to get around the, the 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 i guess something we talk about a lot the the show don't tell yeah um as graham goes in to to the bar you know the news is on and we sort of get clips of uh the the reporter giving us uh you know uh, background story you know reporting on all the the happenings um so what did you think about the way they handled that sort of world building there i really liked it and again there's a lot of show don't tell which leads to a lot of grotesque images um but there is uh yeah but the the news is definitely a very organic way to comment on just the violence all around the united states in this not too distant future um, not just in this future Los Angeles where this all takes place. Um, but then there's a lot of moments where they just zoom back and there's a lot of people just doing awful stuff in, uh, all around. And uh, we'll talk about this when we get to the art, but there's definitely, there's a griminess to everything, art and dialogue. Uh, but, you know, Graham steps out of the bar um where they were and their armed guards out there and uh then they they turn a corner and there's a guy dead in the street right outside of it um so it's like yeah they, they do a very good job of just showing how awful the state is and also telling how awful the state of the world is yeah so um how much do you think those parts of dark knight where we got the uh, reporters sort of doing the stories have, inf have influenced like modern writers to sort of have the, the news on or news clips sort of filling in the, in the world. Cause uh, I'm guilty of using news desk or, or radios to sort of fill in the backstory. Do you, do you think a lot of creators that read those dark night stories that had so many, you know, TV clips in there that that's an influence on everybody. I think so, but I think more than anything, what it what Frank Miller did was, I think TV and books. Um, did I cut out there for a little bit? Just a little bit, but it's okay. okay. I'll start over from what I was saying. I was saying Frank Miller sort of inspired artists to get more creative with it mm -hmm. because when you think about the Dark Knight Returns all those newscasters and all those moments are so brightly colorful and add to just the overall tone of the book. Um, you know, as bad as Dark Knight Strikes Again is, um, Frank Miller got really creative with it in there, basically by delivering, you know, uh, delivering exposition, but also at the same time, just adding to the absurdity of sure. the story. Like it never felt out of place. 
which I think is something Frank Miller sort of challenged, but also challenged artists just to be like, just have fun with how you draw the characters, how you draw these scenes. This is a comic book, you know, be comic booky with this. So having like this, you know, this personality, this beautiful news anchor delivering the exposition in this book, letting Greg Chosini be very expressive with his lines still within that. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the lesson that they take away from Dark Knight Strikes, that Dark Knight Returns. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's definitely something we 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 see a lot. And with a book being so influential, it's it's hard to to not use that. Um, oh yeah. Um, but going back to to this comic, um, so after the story, um, Graham and and Shelby sort of uh, have an interaction, um, and to keep this uh, family friendly, we won't. Uh, we won't go into exactly the, the, the details of, of that interaction. No, but it's, 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 it's funny as I thought about the interaction is almost just as long as the action sequences in here. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's true. Yeah. Um, but the, but this is the first sort of just awful, like everyone has an awful introduction again, except for the, the main awful person basically. Yeah. So, he's awful and gets, gets worse. Yeah, and he gets worse. So Shelby starts off just awful, lying to Graham, using him, then realizing, then showing up again, pretending like she doesn't know him with Kevin, mm-hmm. our next uh, our next key player. And also we have to talk about the, the bartender, who is also a key player and a tragic figure. He's sort of the innocent of them all, really. <laughs> but like he's still awful, too, with the stuff he says. Yeah. Um, but he's... Uh, he's Graham's friend. He's the bartender and he's also going to help them with this job. So Graham explains to Kevin and Shelby what they're, what they're, uh, you know, what they will be uh, doing in his grand uh, heist, basically his last heist um, before the broadcast goes out. Yeah. So uh, like you said, uh, our introduction to Kevin is, is with Shelby sort of pretending that that, uh, you know, escapade with, with Graham didn't happen, which sort of makes that, that meeting really, really awkward. Yeah. Um, uh, They sort of outline the plans um, a little bit. Um, and we get a little bit more about the world. You talked about this, about how when they step outside of the bar, there's like, you know, armed guards. There's, there's, you know, just people being, people being murdered. Yeah. Um, there's also a, there's also a good way of filling in sort of the, 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 the world as far as the high concept goes, mm-hmm. because they explain how they, you know, uh, criminals with ill-gotten gains and like physical goods and whatever wouldn't be able to use that after the broadcast because everything all currency is going digital after correct yeah and uh that's the whole point of the plot is just to is for uh graham he's a security guard at the bank to break into the bank uh to help shelby and kevin break into the bank uh, Kevin will break into the the vault. Shelby will hack the digital accounts and they'll steal thirty million dollars away from them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's sort of like a uh, like a, like the high concept thing that sort of just adds to to the the time frame and the the uh, you know the 
the urges urgentness of getting this getting this done yeah because um, all the it'll all be digitally converted at the same time the broadcast goes out so they need to steal it before they know it's wrong to steal it basically yeah yeah so um graham goes back to his uh his home with his mom and we sort of this is where we sort of get a lighthearted moment and we can see that Graham like uh, does have a, a caring side. He, you know, he cares for his, his ailing mother who has, uh, who has some issues. Um, and then he sort of explains later in the series about her condition. And again, that's why he's, um, you know, pulling off some of these, uh, he, he wants to pull off this heist. Yeah, there's a but there's a lot of good show and don't tell here too about her uh, his mom's state of confusion, mm -hmm. and you sort of get from the beginning that she might be going a little senile, and later they reveal that it's Alzheimer's. Yeah, um, another cool detail that they that I thought was just a throwaway, but then ended up being a huge point of the plot twist at the end is the uh, the old slot machine that he has in his camper. And uh, they draw attention into it in this scene because uh, Rory, not Rory, um, Shelby, um, Shelby cracks it. No, sorry, no, Kevin cracks it. And um, all the quarters, uh, you know, come out. And that means that, you know, he, obviously it shows his skill with breaking into things, which is a good show, don't tell moment, but also it, it, it'll set up something for later in the story. Yeah, like um, flipping through this on the, on the reread it's sort of uh in a way it's sort of that Chekhov's gun that yeah. it was, it's shown to us here in, in issue one they uh and and it will come back um so so they talk this through and they realize is it this at the point where they realize they need a, a laser cutter yes yeah and then um then they go into uh, how Kevin's going to get them the laser cutter because he knows of a mob boss who will be revealed, uh, whose identity will be revealed later, mm -hmm. um, who used it during uh, Katrina to break into banks while the city was flooded. Yeah, so so Graham's getting ready towards the end of this issue to to go out and do his job as the uh, you know the the security guard, um, and then there's just sort of uh, this this brutal. Uh, fight scene it just sort of shows you the the, the violent nature uh, of of the world here yeah. um, you know the people again you know they I guess you know people who have scores to settle know that they they have a limited time to 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 you know either you know rob people or um, settle scores so but Graham sort of dispatches of these two guys that are kind of waiting to to ambush him um yeah these guys uh worked with the man that he burned alive at the beginning of the book correct uh, so this is part of one of the main conflicts and one of the main threats to graham and his the success with the the plot is that he had a he had another guy involved in the plot and that guy blabbed to a bunch of other people um in the mob i guess uh, this sort of italian not italian sorry um this sort of uh, Mexican cartel. Um, and now they're coming after him uh, to figure out how they're gonna get the money too. And uh, yeah, they'll be a constant antagonist throughout the whole book. But yeah, this, it does show, good, uh, do a good job of showing, of course, Graham's, tenac Graham's tenacity 
and uh, just brutality. And also, again, the world being very brutal as well because he doesn't even get the final shot off on the guy trying to kill him. It's one of his neighbors uh, who just comes out, shoots him, and then goes back into his house. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Uh, So sort of the last couple of pages here sort of give us more of the Kevin and and Shelby sort of uh, uh, connection. They're they're in a hotel, uh, you know, Kevin continuing to be sort of, uh, you know, just a, just a terrible person to, to her. She, she goes out um, and then we're sort of in the last page of uh, issue one, we're sort of, we sort of figure out that uh, uh, the, the LAPD here um, is, is, using her as an informant um but they're not in in fitting with this book they're they're you know they're not shining knights either they're not uh you know our heroes with white hats on they're 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 flawed they're uh you know they're 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 not uh clear-cut uh good guys here so how did what do you think about how this ended yeah, I thought it was really good. And uh, one of the frustrations I always have with police stories is why the police wait so long to apprehend people that they know are going to rob a bank. Mm-hmm. And in this book, they do a good job because basically the police want these two police officers want them to rob the banks so that they can steal the money from them. Yes. And um, they're using Shelby to do that. But what also I really like about this is sort of what I was talking about, how there's everyone gets better. Well, Shelby and Graham get better as it goes along and more relatable. This is the moment where you really start to root for Shelby because when she's introduced, she's introduced with the black guy. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of to assume that Kevin gives her the black guy. But then during that piece of dialogue where Kevin's being awful, he, had, he admits that he didn't give her the black guy. And she makes up some story about being beaten by a mugger. And then you find out that it was this awful police officer that hit her. Mm -hmm. And then he threatens to hit her again and do worse things to her if she doesn't deliver. So at this point, you really want her to get some justice by the end of the book. And she will, which is great. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of uh, issue one. Um, So as issue two starts off, um, we sort of, go back into sort of the 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 stakes of the world um you know the 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 terrible people of the of of the world there's some you know really terrible acts of 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 violence here yeah um Uh, really hard to get through stuff yeah yeah committed by the brother of the guy that uh graham set on fire at the beginning of the book Correct. We find out he's the one who sent the two guys after Graham at the end of the first issue. He's torturing other people to try to figure out what the plan is, what the score of the, of the heist is. And then, uh, then we go, we cut to Graham's, uh, sort of his routine and also setting up the bank and the, the location, the, the geography of the bank. And, uh, again, you get more settings and more looks into the uh, state of the world. Um, through with like what's going on outside the bank like there's a tank outside with armed guards um yeah good stuff but also it uh sort of uh, this is also where 
um, we know the score, we know Shelby and Kevin's role, but we don't know all of what Graham is going to do in order to make sure this heist goes off without a, without a hitch. And um, one of them is, yeah, him having to go to his boss to, uh, yes, yeah, sort of set things up. Yeah. And th- again, this is one of these things that you, you get on a reread, but like uh, if you look at one and you look at issue two, issue one and issue two, um, sort of the first couple of pages of that are sort of this uh, when Graham is going to, to, to burn the guy with the diesel fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of those oranges and red colors and this book starts off uh, with the oranges and the red colors and this, you know, violent acts again. Um, and then as we move into sort of the, uh, you know, the planning of the heist, we sort of move into the, to the cooler, cooler oh, blues. Yeah. Um, so like, there's almost like a symmetry and the, the, the colors in the, at least in the first two issues. I don't know if we'll see this as we, as we take a deeper dive into the third. Um, but I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking through the whole book now and uh, I can definitely see the symmetry there. Yeah. And uh, we, as we go through this issue, we, we start to realize uh, uh, we start to get more scenes between Graham and Shelby, which builds their chemistry and their relationship and uh, their eventual love story. And uh, then we, we get this interesting transition to where um, Shelby says uh, you should worry about Kevin because he, you know, he's awful. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, then we see why. Yeah. So, um, so we get a little bit of the setup as we talked about, Uh, you talked about how the, uh, the the tank is outside uh, the the bank and Graham goes in. He makes some maneuvers to to make the heist um, uh, s- sort of that he's planning be a little bit easier. Um, then we do we we uh, Graham and and Shelby meet up again and the the color tones shift um, here again. Um, they they talk. Um, then we get this uh we get more of the setup as uh graham is is working on the the other security guard and i know you have some some uh some i some not uh ideas but some thoughts about how the 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 male characters are are depicted here i think this is a good example of yeah uh of that here so this is the other security guard um and he and Graham are out. So why don't you talk a little bit about that here? Yeah, and that's sort of an interesting thing with Greg Tosini's art. It's really hard to understand at first, but then your eyes kind of get used to it as you go. Mm-hmm. But in these first two issues, at least the first issue and then the first half of the second issue, it was really hard for me to keep track of Graham and now this other security guard, especially in these two pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're not as, they're, they're, they're a lot harder to keep track of find that like that I'm looking through it now, the character that's easiest to keep track of is Kevin. Like Kevin is, has a pretty well-defined silhouette in any scene that he's in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll see that as we get into this next action sequence after this, uh, the the seducing of the other security guard. But 
Yeah, Greg Justini has a weird art that it's almost like, uh, uh, yeah, it's it takes a while to get used to, but as you read more, you kind of get the the flow of it and his patterns and his uh, storytelling language. And you yes. have some thoughts also on that as well. Yeah, like um, I, I I thought one thing that was interesting here is uh, uh, you know the 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 you know the male characters other than than kevin look really similar yeah and the uh let's there's two female characters here and one is not quite a female they look very very similar as well um so there's a lot of the star on shell the two star tattoos on shelby we wouldn't be able to distinguish these two female characters yeah um so um you know we've you know we we've talked about other artists and there's certainly like if you think of like a like a sean gordon murphy he certainly draws uh almost that same lady like all the time so it's it's not uh it's not uncommon no it's not uncommon at all it's you know it's these artists have to work fast too make deadlines and everything like that so things blend together every once in a while you really can't fault them Um, but it does get really confusing later on at the end of this issue and the beginning of the next one where there's uh there's the bartender who wears a fedora and then there's the cartel member who wears a fedora and in certain panels i'm like wait a minute he's the bad guy now and no it's 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 the other guy um yeah very very true yeah and they both have white hair which also doesn't add to help any of the confusing things out. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll keep going with the, the story. Basically, they, they set up the, the other security guard with uh, what he presumes to be a woman and then is revealed later to be uh, a hermaphrodite. Yeah, and that, that'll be used later in, in, yeah. the, in the planning. Um, there's, a, there's this second issue I think is like if you look at this as a as a three issue you can you can almost look at it as three acts mm-hmm. um you know there's certainly the first one was like character development and setup yeah and I'm not saying that there's not character development here but they certainly sort of um get the action ramped up here in this this second issue yeah i love this action scene where uh kevin basically i mean i don't know what the larger purpose of this is other than for him just to kill some people like he he uh he goes and he buys some meth from these uh these guys Mm -hmm. and he goes into a hotel room and he, he knows that they're gonna come and try to rob him and uh then he just kills them all. And uh, it turns out he didn't want the drugs. It, it looks like he just wanted to kill these guys. Is that right? Yeah, but now that I'm thinking about it, what he reveals at the end of uh, issue three, do you think that that's just I a think little that's bit what of it is. just sort of his nature? Yeah, he just wants, and it's sort of so, again, it's, we don't know much about him from the previous issues. This is his character development. And it, it fits with his twist at the end of issue three. Yeah. Um, I would say this issue two is mostly about developing his character and his background. 
least a large part of the reveals in this book are about him. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, this is sort of like, and I don't know if this is a, a great parallel, but uh, if you think about uh, Star Wars, you think about four, five, and six, like... Yeah. Uh, Jedi, um, Jedi, I'm sorry, uh, Empire was the one where, like, the, 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 the bad guys make all the, the, the moves that uh, sort of move the story along and, and prevail in a, in a strange way. So, like, uh, this act two is sort of, uh, sort of that where the, uh, uh, the, well, the, all of these, a lot of these people are operating in shades of gray, but the people yeah. are sort of, uh, in the darker shades of gray and black are the ones that are, uh, prevailing here. I'm not, I, I, I don't want to say winning. I, I want to say prevailing is sort of like accomplishing their, their goals. So and that's an interesting choice of words though, is winning because that's what Kevin reveals that he's all about in the end is winning. And that's sort of what the whole point of this action sequence is just shows that he'll go to any lengths to win and even setting up a scenario where he just has to beat people. Yeah. yeah. So um, we had said how Kevin knew um, where he could acquire the, 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 the laser cutter. Um, and, and he's able to, he's able to get that here when he, when he goes and he attacks the, the, the mob boss. Yes, and um, we we find out that um, it's not just a mob boss. It's correct. Uh, it's his dad. Yeah, yeah. And then so, we get some interesting. We get some interesting dialogue and some good character reveal here too. About yeah. Sort of how about how much of a a psycho Kevin is? Yes, I I, I agree. Um, you know, and then he sort of has this as he's leaving the 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 house after he's he's nearly won, he has this this really heart wrenching sort of final confrontation with uh is this his younger brother? I think they they might even hint towards uh it's his it's not just his younger brother, but maybe also his son. Oh right. yeah, that that would make sense because he had an affair with his stepmother. So it's like not his younger brother. So it's like his step. The the, the kid thinks it's his stepbrother, but it's probably his his son. Yeah, which um, would make this even. Well, I mean, it's it's terrible, but to to say even this, more terrible is, is 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 a strange way to think about it. But it it is even more terrible. It is even more terrible because he. Yeah, well, it's it's also very symbol symbolic, right? Mm -hmm. Like he kills his father and then he kills his son again, just to show. Well, this is also one of the few moments where he shows some feeling, uh, because it, the what they reveal later is that the the boy is sort of his almost like his prize, I guess, mm -hmm. for showing that he succeeded, but still he has no problem killing his son. Um, when it when it comes between him and uh, and getting away with uh, killing his dad and all the, all the other people in the house, yeah, 
Uh, so one thing uh, that I found interesting on the reread and, and looking at this now, um, and I don't think you, you, you see a lot of this, um, after Kevin shoots the, the, the small boy, um, he gets into his uh, Corvette and he's driving away and he makes a phone call to, to Shelby and uh, it switches locations like in the middle of the page. Yeah, and I don't think you you see a lot of that. Like usually, it's one page, one location. Turn the page, and the and the the location switched. So like that uh, that that was interesting. But uh, I think they handle it through the fact that like he's in the car and he's calling her. So we just sort of switch POVs from him to her. But I, I thought that was an interesting uh, sort of page design because you don't see a lot of like location changes like in the middle of of pages yeah and i think that's good uh uh, page um real estate i guess you could say because then the page turn on that page is really is really good yeah yeah and it, it it is because we get the uh we get the uh the the moment where um as we do turn the page we we realize that uh things are are not uh not going well no yeah we get this great page turn off of the page we were just discussing where it switches locations halfway through we turn the page when shelby's entering back into her motel room that she was in with graham uh, earlier in the issue and we see graham tied up a bunch of cartel members standing around him and then out of the door comes this guy covered in bandages and it's the it's the guy that um that graham set on fire at the beginning of the first issue and he's come to take his revenge and also to get the to get the money and uh yeah then a huge action sequence ensues yeah and that's a really uh uh so when we met this guy you know, it was good sort of character development, world development, but it sort of then sort of uh, ties the the first couple of pages of of issue one into this sort of midpoint of the story where like things are very circular. If you you do somebody wrong, um, you know, there's always the chance in these, these, this limited time where they could come back and sort of get their revenge uh they they could they they could um they could come back and get you and and an interesting thing that i was just thinking is uh you know like in a a big complaint of superheroes is is that uh people always are coming back from from the dead and it's always a joke if you don't see the body you don't know that uh, yeah you don't know that that person was dead and we actually never saw the body because you know sort of graham like uh, did he put a cigarette in his mouth and sort of yeah. like didn't want him to, to to move around? So we never really saw that guy die. We just sort of thought that he died. And then here, midpoint of issue two, he comes back. And, you know, if we would have seen that house on fire, we would have seen seen the body. Um, that wouldn't have been a possibility here. But the the way that those first couple of pages of, of issue one sort of ended that made this possibility to sort of reveal um, be probable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, I, I do like that they play with our expectations, even then with setting up his brother as what we think to be the new threat, the new antagonist. So we think we, we get this sort of safety where at the beginning of this issue, we think that uh, the, the brother doesn't know where Graham's going to be and what the plan is. Mm -hmm. And then to have that ripped away from us, that safety net, um, halfway through the issue is a pretty great, uh, is a great story, uh, story development. Yeah. So, uh, Graham is sort of saved at the, the last moment. This is the, uh, bartender. Uh, yeah, the, the bartender that's going to help them out, uh, with, with the heist. He sort of shows up, um, to, to help out Graham, but he's not there. Uh, enough of a time to help out help out Shelby, who is with the uh, the cartel members as as they drive away. Um, yes. This is a great this this is probably my favorite action sequence in the whole book. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I um, I I did I did like the the action sequence. There is there are some really uh, before that. There's some really uncomfortable uh moments yeah uh, uh but then you sort of you get uh you get into the uh um you get into the action um you get a hero moment with graham and then another great page turn because you think something bad's going to happen to shelby and then the last panel on that page uh is her smiling as she see as she sees graham pulling up with a gun and he's hanging out the window and he blasts the guy that's threatening Shelby. Um, which I thought that that's a great action page turn right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, we, we, you know, we have the, the typical sort of, uh, hilly California car, car chase for, for two pages. Um, which I think is interesting because uh, uh, car chases are difficult to do in in comics, and a lot oh, of yeah. times the uh, the the advice is uh, with with action is to to get out or get in and get out really quick, um, which they do. It's you know it's it's two pages: it's a left facing page, it's a right facing page, uh, and. Uh, you know, we get a little bit of the aftermath of uh, of the the, the crash. Um, uh, What's interesting about that is is that this book is kind of light on action compared to a lot of other Remender books. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of almost every trade of Deadly Class, there's a huge action sequence that goes on for maybe like a whole issue or two issues. Mm -hmm. And it's just really like it's Remender playing with geography and character motivation and everything. And uh, there, yeah, it's, it's really great. And um, then what's funny is that on one of his most recent newer series on Death or Glory, like the last two issues or like maybe just the last like issue in the first arc is a, a whole car chase scene. Like the whole issue is. Yeah. And it's very well done, very well drawn by Bengal. And of course, very well written by Remender because he's also writing dialogue in to make sure that your eye moves around at a good pace. And he does the same thing in Deadly Class, which 
it's sort of, I wonder if he started doing that when he went to Marvel is sort of playing with action sequences and building things out because some of the action in like X-Force is like incredible, like mm-hmm. action in comics. And then obviously with our favorite, with our boy, Sean Murphy in Tokyo Ghost, like some of the best action sequences in that book too. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So um, Graham is heroic efforts. Uh, almost saved the day but they don't save the day so uh again the the uncomfortable nature of this book uh sort of the world uh the the last couple of well actually no after the car races there's there's some pretty difficult uh pages to look at um uh, but graham that, gets his graham yeah. gets his hero moment he uh he shows up at, in the nick of time uh we get to see the body this time yes definitely yeah kills the guy for real this time so he's uh he's saving he's saving uh shelby they're 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 walking out they they sort of have a they sort of have a, a moment to sort of uh talk through some of the uh, there was a line of dialogue in the in the first issue, which they 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 visit, revisit here, um, where she she had called him a loser, and uh, they they revisit that here, and uh, she sort of apologizes for that, um, but he doesn't really uh, he doesn't really at this point it doesn't really seem that like he's he's holding that against her. Oh no! Yeah, he definitely by this point this cements their relationship as something very real. Yeah, and um, yeah, I really like their chemistry. Like you can believe that this book feels very natural about them falling in love with each other. And I think part of that is them working together, of course, to do awful things, but it's still believable that you believe he'll. Well, I mean, also this whole action scene, what he goes the lengths he goes to to save her. Um. It shows a very, it's it's a very, uh, it's a very good, uh, a good romance that they build up. Yeah. And yeah. But in this world, uh, things can't be, can't be so easy. So as Dude. they are, they're exiting, um, they are, um, they, they, they sort of meet up with some more uh, folks who are up to, to no good and the, the escape doesn't go, go so easy. Um this is the first, I think this is the first uh, splash, like full splash page in the book, I think. Let me look and make sure that's correct. Yeah, I think it is. It's this last page of issue two. Yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think you're right. Um, yeah. Which is sort of classic sort of uh, comic book storytelling. Like, you oh, know, yeah. if you think a lot of like Brian K. Bond, Oh, books yeah. they 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 end that way um the 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 escape from uh this location is not so easy um these guys they run into just seem to be guys if i'm these reading are the guys, these are the guys from the beginning of issue two that are doing the awful stuff that we think are going to be the threats and then when enrique the burned up guy shows back up we're kind of surprised and we kind of get distracted with him and yeah. we're like, oh, okay. So then when Enrique gets killed, we're like, okay, maybe we're in the clear. But then these guys show back up from the beginning of the issue and uh, pose a, a big threat. Yeah. So uh, 
you know, there's, 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 there's action here. Uh, uh, we get a little bit of like Bond villain sort of dialogue from, yeah. from, from the bad guy here. Um, Graham is concealing a knife, which he throws uh, at the, at the guy. And he's, 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 uh, he's making some moves, but he's still not quite out of the, the woods um but uh shelby sort of shows up at the end and uh uh saves the day by shooting the guy's hand off yeah it's very cool to show i mean shelby hasn't been a character without agency this whole time but it's sort of great after you know graham being sort of the knight in shining armor in the the next two Mm -hmm. to have that role reversal right here and have her save him and then that evens the score and makes their relationship more even and equal going forward yeah i agree so uh they get they get back in the car the 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 bartender the the partner is there they 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 check on him um everybody sort of gets stitched up uh we we get more from from graham and shelby uh sort of cementing their 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 feelings for each other um and we get a little bit of uh, get a little bit of backstory on Graham, and then we get even more backstory on the sort of the the terrible uh, you know circumstances that that Shelby grew up in, um, and just as things are sort of uh, going well for for these two that have found each other, are are our bad guy uh, or even more bad guy, Kevin kicks in the door and sort of uh, ruins it for, for everybody. Yep. Kevin, uh, yeah. The, the Lord of chaos shows back up and um, starts to uh, exert some uh, force and uh, control over, over Shelby. And um, yeah, he's, He's just, again, like you said, cement, you know, like you're talking about with Shelby and Graham cementing their relationship, Kevin cementing his antagonistic relationship between both of them during this whole sequence. Yeah, so uh, they they go back. Uh, well, I, I'm assuming they don't go back to this. They go to sort of another hotel room um, and Kevin and Shelby are talking uh, and she sort of, is uh she sort of has this dialogue where she tells him that she has him wrapped around uh her finger so at this point you're kind of wondering again about her intentions like um they sort of give you some seeds of doubt here like yeah is everything is that relationship that we've seen sort of uh blossoming is is that real or is that sort of uh somebody manipulating somebody's feelings yeah and that'll come into play as we get to the end of this issue uh which is really great setup right there again we once we feel safe like you said in the last issue we get the rug pulled out from under nest and uh and character motivations all of a sudden aren't so clear you know is is graham get is, is shelby getting close to graham because she loves him or is she just using him like she tells kevin that she is and then, of course, then we get another reveal that she's still talking to the police, which we haven't seen in the last issue, or we saw a little bit in the last issue. 
And uh, so she's still in touch with the LAPD and the LAPD is fully aware of what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's really great. And it's, it causes a lot of great tension and suspense. Yes. Yeah, so from there we move, um, you know, we get a header on this next page that says the, 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 the evening of the broadcast sort of uh, uh, letting us know that, that the time is of the essence. Um, and from here on, we get a lot of, uh, on pages or panels, we sort of get uh, time indicators uh, going through to sort of ramp up the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the time frame, the, 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 the need to, to get things done. Uh, as part of the, the plan, Graham goes to the other guard's house and sort of, uh, with some photographs that he has of the time that uh, he thought he was with with a lady, but wasn't quite with a with a lady. Um, and he's going to show, and Graham's going to show it to his wife if he doesn't give him passcodes. Correct uh, to the to the vault area, and also, but before that, there's an important character moment between Graham and his mother, where uh, the whole time this whole book, Graham's been calling himself Rory. Yes. And we find out here that Rory was, and uh, Shelby keeps asking him about it and he keeps avoiding it. And right here he reveals he, he wants his mom to take care of, be taken care of if something goes wrong. And she forgets about it because she's, uh, she has Alzheimer's as soon as he tells her about it. But then he brings up that he's not Rory, he's Graham. And Rory was his brother and his mom starts to have a, a traumatic reaction to hearing uh, that he, that Rory died because of something Graham did. And, Correct. Um, yeah, then we get more motivation. We understand this whole time that he's doing this to take care of his mother, but also to sort of repay, sort of to, to, to pay a debt he feels like he owes to his brother as well, who passed away, to do something right. Um, and then, yeah, of course, we get, yeah, the, the, the blackmail, and then we move on to the actual heist in motion. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe we should talk about how the, 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 the color tones shift again. Yeah. Um, every time either sort of like uh, either planning or sort of like cool calculated maneuvers are, are being executed, we, we shift to this like uh, bluer color. So it's sort of like violence is sort of that red and orange and sort of like, uh, you know, planning, executing, uh, is, is in these, these blue tones. So I, I think that's yeah. interesting here. It's great color coding. Yeah. Between different story beats and different locations and, uh, different times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really like that detail. And, um, it's cool to flip back through this and appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, Shelby is there and she, uh, using her, her feminine wiles sort of distracts uh, this dude. Is he like a, like a, just another guard or is he sort of like a, like a supervisor or something? That's the guy that he goes to. That's the supervisor. That's the guy that um, Graham went to in the first issue to try to get um, his, uh, the, the guy that they blackmailed off the shift. Correct. So that's a supervisor right there that they also want to get out of the building so he doesn't suspect Graham of doing anything illegal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, also they, they show that uh, the bartender 
uh, got out of the hospital where he's being fixed up. And then you see the scene where um, he's being picked up by paramedics, which I think is a cool bait and switch. Um, because you think, oh, that's sad. He's not going to make it because he's injured. Mm-hmm. And then you find out later that uh, he was doing that so he could hijack the ambulance to show up at the bank later for the getaway. Yeah, correct. Thanks for 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 bringing that up. Uh, so Kevin wrecks his car outside to sort of create a distraction, um, and also know. to knock out the 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 network so the the cameras go down. Correct. And so you know people. Uh, they're sort of passing this off as, you know, a guy uh, sort of getting everything out of his system, went a little too far. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the paramedics are, are giving this guy uh, aid. Um, but, you know, again, this is just, this is all, all a ruse uh, to, to get more folks in, in the building. Yep. And then, um, well, they basically, they, they have a disguise waiting for Kevin. Kevin changes into the disguise and he pretends to be an examiner Mm -hmm. of the vault. So he can't get, uh, inside to the, uh, the location of where all the money is, but he can, um, but he can get in, I guess, to the, the, the main vault area. And, uh, so he gets in there, he takes out the laser cutter, he cuts into the place where all the money is and he steals uh, the box that they'll hack into later in order to get the $30 million. And in the meantime, then uh, the paramedics show up and it's not the paramedics, it's the bartender and, uh, and Shelby. And I just realized that the bartender, like I'm appreciating uh, Chochini's uh, character sort of silhouettes because one way of distinguishing the bartender is that he's always smoking a cigar. And right here, even in the, the paramedic disguise, he's still smoking a cigar. Very cool. Yeah. So um, from, from there, you, you talked about this as they're sort of um, the, the supervisor is uh, taken out of uh, the scene. He's sort of left in a compromising uh, position uh graham and and kevin sort of go in uh under the guise of of inspectors um but you're correct this is where the the other paramedics uh show up um yeah and we get this little pal that i missed the first time that uh, graham tied up all the other guards in the bank while they were wheeling kevin out to the hospital but this is where kevin's uh true motivations come forward um and are revealed to the the our, our other main characters yeah so uh our you know time is is towards the to the switch over is uh you know within 15 minutes the last time last time we see we, we saw it um uh, and as as we go through, um, sort of Kevin is sort of in, in grammar having a uh, uh, a sort of square off, but the the, the clock strikes midnight. Um, so so Graham is not able to to shoot him. He goes to try to to hit him 
with uh, the, the butt of the rifle. He's not able to do that either. And sort of on these two pages, we're sort of, uh, we feel like we're at this moment where neither of these two guys are going to be able to commit any acts of violence against each other because uh, we've hit midnight and the, the, the signal has been broadcasted. Yeah, and one thing I thought that was cool, again, that the script does is that during the heist, Graham and Kevin are getting along really great. Like, they're cooperating well with each other. They're, they have this cool banter back and forth. It seems like they've actually formed a friendship over the book. Mm-hmm. But then right here, we just get this, you know, we get, a, we get another monologue from Kevin explaining why he's going to be able to kill Graham. And do you want to talk about this scene? Because this is a really cool concept, I think. Um, this is sort of where the concept of the, the whole book pays off, in my opinion. Yeah, so basically he is a, a psychopath and he doesn't know right from wrong. So the, the signal uh, doesn't impact him because he doesn't have that sort of mental faculty to, to know that the actions that I'm taking are you know harmful to others or 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 you know of a evil nature so the the signal has has no effect on him so that was a really cool sort of like uh uh reveal and on the reread sort of uh knowing that about kevin and looking at him in those those first two two issues it's sort of like oh like, why didn't I see that? Um, but then it's sort of like that that moment to bring all the story together where you're like, oh, okay. And yeah. that's a really cool way to have this sort of one, one person that uh, after the stroke of midnight has this one ability um, to, to sort of still do these uh, to do these things that the others aren't able to do and it's because he has this sort of terrible condition um uh so no that was that was a really cool uh story element i really enjoyed that yeah i actually as as i was reading this i was thinking of like oh man matt's gonna love the payoff of a good concept right here you know and how it plays into a plot that's just good writing to write a character to write characters that are, of course, threatened by the world, but also to write a good antagonistic who uses the world to his own advantage. Um, that's brilliant, I think. And uh, I, I really like these pages. It, it doesn't feel like it's slowed down when he's monologuing. I really enjoy all this uh, this evil, evil man monologuing. Yeah, so from, from there, it really looks like things are bad for, for Graham. But, uh, you know, for, for, as, for as good as the dialogue here is, he's still sort of Bond villain, just, you know, telling him all the, the terrible things he's going to do, taking his time, which is sort of his undoing as he's shot. Um, and he's shot by the, 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 these are the, these are the cops, right? Yeah, these are the, the LAPD that have been threatening Shelby this whole time. Um, one thing that's interesting is that Kevin being shot isn't on a page turn. Like, uh, the, the mob boss got that treatment earlier in the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, let me check that just to make sure I'm, I'm actually knowing, doing that correct, saying that correctly. Um, 
No, I guess even the mob boss didn't get a page turn on him getting his comeuppance. Wait, no, he did. Yeah, he did. He got a page turn when Shelby shot him. Uh, but that was the after he had been monologuing. But even then, after he'd been monologuing, it's sort of interesting. Remender doesn't try to do anything surprising there. Mm -hmm. He just sort of, uh, you know, he understands we as a, as a culture have consumed a lot of media, know that if someone's monologuing for too long, that's going to, you know, that's their, their hubris is going to be their comeuppance. Yeah. And so even though it's not a page turn, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's surprise because the, the, the world we've been put in uh, after the switch, we're sort of thinking that like Kevin is the only one that's going to be able to commit these acts of violence. Uh, but the police are able to shoot them because or uh, shoot Kevin because um, he's a murderer. Yeah. So it's sort of, uh, it's legal and fair to quote the book. Yeah. It's a sort of a justifiable police action at, at this point. Um, so yeah. that, that's sort of like, you're like, Oh, okay. I just saw this one thing that made sense. So this is why Kevin is still able to do this, you know, these terrible things. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I see why uh, these law enforcement agents who, again, aren't the, aren't the, the clear cut uh, good guys here, but they're able to commit an act of violence because in this scenario, they're, they're operating under the, uh, justifiable natures of 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 law law enforcement um yeah so so everybody everybody comes out right of the yeah. of the 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 hospital um well the yeah shelby um shelby and the police officers leave because then we find out that the police officers just wanted to steal the money and then um, it, I like this sort of silent page where you just have the sirens on the background and there's just the one, there's the one dialogue box and it says, and it's in the center. So it's almost like a nine panel grid on that one page mm -hmm. where you have the, the, the sound effects cutting across the, the pan, the, the top three and the second, um, the second uh, row, the middle row of three. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's getting louder and louder as the, the letter, as the, as the police get closer and then that's that's sort of illustrated through the 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 sound effects letters getting larger but i i like that sort of quiet moment after a lot of action to sort of reflect like for the character to reflect on everything yeah. and he sort of says his final goodbyes to the the bartender who was killed by kevin yeah and um I'm also wondering now because i'm looking at the sixth panel and i'm seeing the dog there and i noticed there was a dog earlier that showed up um, I'm wondering if, the, if we went through, back through again and we looked at the places where this dog showed up, maybe there's a pattern. Um, but I really like this, uh, I like this, uh, wide shot of Los Angeles just with smoke coming off it. You know, this whole book has been just nothing but noise as far as visuals go. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot going on, a lot of like, you know, just awful stuff going on. And now we finally get to the end. We get this heist. The broadcast has happened, and you get this really quiet page. Um, it's really effective. What do you think of this page? Yeah, I liked it. And um, as I was looking at it, um, the you said there was only sort of one caption where he says uh, second in inches. And there was earlier where he talks about how, like, 
uh, uh, it's sort of something to the effect that uh, the the guy tried to to kill him, but it was only you know the life was only a matter of a second and inches. So it's the sort of the a dialogue that we had we had seen earlier. So as he's looking and reflecting back, he's just thinking about how these how these folks were killed by just sort of you know a matter of being in the wrong place, the wrong time, um, and, and, and stuff like that. So I like that sort of dialogue call back there. Yeah. And that was something you talked about off mic, um, that we were talking about before we started recording that the, the, the concept of this book is sort of acts as the ticking clock because mm-hmm. we're counting down to the broadcast. So seconds and inches, that's very thematically relevant to the, the, the idea of the whole book. And obviously, I mean, last days of American crime, the title plays into the idea of time and, you know, the world that, that all the characters inhabit. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we sort of cut back to, to Graham and his, his mother. Um, they're sort of uh, planning sort of to, 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 to be on the move, but they're not, they're not able to as uh the cops show up with with Shelby, and she's still working her her angles at this at this point. Um, and the the uh, the slot machine that we talked about earlier uh, comes into play. Yeah, because uh, we the 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 cops are convinced that uh, or Shelby's convinced the cops that Graham switched the boxes with the thirty million dollars. Uh, he switched that box for uh, the the change box that's in the that's in the slot machine. Mm-hmm. So Graham has the thirty million dollars, and they just have a box of quarters. Uh, so Shelby convinces them, and they get what they think is the the box with the thirty million dollars. And uh, that yeah, again, good callback. The the box as I was looking through the the box that the slot machine is always drawn in the background whenever they're in the whenever they're in the campers. That's just a cool way of, you know, making sure that we realize that it's something important and it'll come back into play um, throughout the whole story. Yeah. Uh, so, so Graham and his, his mom get in the, get into the truck and the, and the camper and take off. Um, and we sort of get the, 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 the page that tells us months later um they're 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 south of the border they're sort of uh enjoying uh enjoying their life when uh when a red sports car shows up uh you know graham is telling his telling his um uh i guess he's telling the 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 fellow campers to sort of you know be on their way he wants his mom to to get into the trailer so we sort of on this page, we sort of have a bit of tension, like who who is this person uh, in the in the red sports car? Uh, we get to reveal that it's that it's Shelby. Um, there's no dialogue in this page, so still here we don't know. Um, you know, they're sort of giving each other looks, um, and we don't know exactly what is going on here. Um, so, what do you, what do you think about how? um how they they handled that uh, bit of tension it was a very cool last minute bit of tension where you think either uh you know 
he double crossed her and he has the money because obviously he got away and they're, they're living well mm-hmm. or um or you think she's just there to settle some other score to use him for something else yeah but he's learned his lesson by now he's got a gun hidden in the the beer cooler and uh that that, that that's a just to show that he's still living on edge, even though he's there and uh, they're south of the border and uh, hopefully away from the broadcast and all other law enforcement. One thing that I like about this and uh, it plays into what you've been talking about with color is that these pages, they, they're not too warm. Like we've sort of, we've sort of seen as reference to just the awfulness that and, uh, and the crimes that people commit. And it's not too cold, which is, uh, you know, it, it relates to the the heist. It, it's sort of a blend of like these cool greens and these oranges. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of a, it's a blend of both and it kind of uh, rounds everything out that, you know, it shows that it's something new. Well, what do you think of that? Yeah, I agree. It's sort of like a, uh, it's it's sort of a softer tones of those, yeah. those, so the oranges aren't as dark. Um, it's sort of more of like a, a light yellow, um, sort of warm, like, you know, uh, relaxing, you know, obviously they're in a tropical climate, but it's sort of, uh, it just sort of, as we're sort of tying up the story uh, and, and we're seeing that the, all the plans have, have sort of come together, uh, the colors are sort of putting us at ease as well. One thing I'm also realizing too is that throughout the book, red symbolizes danger, obviously, and that that's just sort of your basic uh, color coding, right, in, in a lot of stories. But red is sort of always symbolic with danger and death mm-hmm. throughout this book, and that's that that's very obvious and um, also very like you know very present when there's crimes going on. So the red showing up in this you know very uh, pastel world is sort of a, a harsh wake-up call and it also adds a feeling of danger um, that we've we've seen throughout the whole book. Yeah, so um, we get a little bit of conclusion to the story. We see that his, his mom is, is, is doing better. Um, There's also a great page turn, though, when you see that, uh, you know, when Shelby shows up and there's that silent page, you turn the page and then you realize that, you know, that's when the, 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 the final twist happens. Correct. Correct. Uh, so that's sort of, we see that they, uh, they had uh, everything sort of planned out and it worked out really well for, for everybody. And uh, we get, uh, well, I think we get what we didn't really expect what we were going to get. We get sort of a, a happy ending. Yeah, we, which we, we're, we've been rooting for. Like we said, we, we kind of get to relate to these characters. We, we want them to succeed because we understand that their whole lives have been really hard. And um, yeah, we, we learned that, of course, uh, you know, Shelby gets back at the police officers because they think that they've got her you know, to the place where she only answers to them and doesn't have any agency of her own, but it turns out she double-double-crossed everybody and, uh, you know, lied twice that they indeed did have, the police did have the $30 million and they swapped it out stupidly for the quarters <laughs> in the slot machine, and uh, which is, I think, a cool justice uh, for her. 
Yeah. And um, then obviously uh, the, the uh, <laughs> what did you think about the, the reveal with the mother um, getting cured? What, what would you think of that? Um, I, 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 I liked it. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, sort of in this, this setup where we had this sort of like near future where these uh, these things that are not set too far out of the realm of possibility to happen. She's sort of uh, she's sort of cured with uh, stem cell therapy, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, is sort of something if you think about it um, is a bit fantastical, but it's also sort of in this world that we've we we've been presented something that that makes sense that could happen it's also very topical if this came out in 2009 you know that was a hot button topic around that time with stem cell research um and uh then also the 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 throwaway joke which is sort of a a thing in the world but um uh being cured of alzheimer's um uh it's um, that like uh, the stem cell research has been illegal in the United States, but not in Mexico. So like, uh, I thought that was a funny reference right there where, you know, that's always, so that, that sort of plays into real life where like certain treatments are, are legal in Mexico and illegal in the United States. Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting, but as no. a, as a man who wrote a book about, as a man who wrote a story about, uh, big pharmaceuticals withholding a cure i thought thought you might get a kick out of that that plot point no no it was it was it certainly was uh it certainly was enjoyable and i i never really put the uh the correlation there but uh i do like thinking about that now yeah it is it is funny and, and again like i said it plays into when this book was was being was was being written and was being released but also it's still funny today it's yeah. really funny today in today's political climate. That's very funny. Um, but like, yeah, not much has changed. <laughs> no. Well, I think we did a pretty decent job of, of, of reviewing that, that, that comic. We, we yeah. did our sort of uh, story breakdown, but we also did a lot of the sort of uh, the elements of, of comic book storytelling there. So uh, I think what's going to be interesting is that in a few days, this is going to be a, a Netflix movie. Yeah. So I think um, part of our plan here is is to 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 watch the Netflix movie, um, and I'd be interesting to, interested to to sort of do a comparison in thinking about it. Is one of the things that we did a comparison between comic and something that you would at that at well, this was on uh on television as well but we did a rem another remainder property where we compared yeah. uh deadly class sort of that first trade to deadly class sort of that 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 first episode so yeah. here again another remainder thing that's going from from comics to 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 the screen we're we're, we're going to do a comparison there as well yeah I, and uh, we might have a guest on for that and i was talking with him today uh about it and uh he, he had a i haven't watched the trailer for it i kind of want to go in blind with no mm -hmm. expectations outside of what the book is given um but he said uh, he said it looks like uh looks a bit like fast and furious which doesn't really fit with this book but, uh, but we'll see we'll, we'll see when we uh when we do review it 
Yeah, I, I would. I, I hope. I hope that they. I hope that they uh, don't lose the 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 character development that yes. we, that we saw um, through this book and go. I mean, I I love a good action, you know, movie and a good action sequence, but I think they would really lose. Uh, I think they would really lose a lot if they don't give us the the character development that we got in the yeah. roughly I would guess 150 pages of of, of comic that uh, that we got here. So uh, that be a waste. Yeah. So awesome. So that's something to look out for. Uh, that'll be a future podcast where we where we watch the show. Uh, we'll break that down and do a uh, a comparison um, and sort of compare. Uh, what the comic did, what the movie did, um, you know, who might have done something a little bit better, um, how the the mediums allowed for for different bits of storytelling. So uh, that that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. I'm really excited to do that. Awesome. Well, uh, that's that's going to do it for the review and a little preview of of what we're we're planning on next uh, for Last Days of American Crime. I, I think that's. Uh, uh like june 5th on on netflix so yeah it'll be in we'll, two weeks from tomorrow yeah so we'll give everybody a week a, from tomorrow we'll uh, give every, we'll give everybody we'll give everybody a few days we won't uh we won't show up on uh june 6th with the uh yeah. with, the, with the review uh awesome well uh if anybody listening to this would like to give us a rating and review on whatever podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at construct Compod. Instagram is constructing comics pod. Facebook and YouTube is constructing comics. And, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, I hope that, uh, everybody enjoyed this, uh, and is looking forward to the TV show. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Um, like to, as we do, encourage everybody to to stay safe. And we'll be back very soon with a, another episode.